This is the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette. I'm your host, Ben Powers. On this podcast, you'll hear from business owners, entrepreneurs, and community influencers who all play a role in moving Lafayette Parish and South Louisiana forward. Today we have a great episode. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. If you are, I know it's Friday uh, and it's also festival week. So if you're watching, I am uh, greatly appreciative of your time. We have, uh, like I said, a great episode today. We have Hunter Thevis here, who is the owner of S1 Technology, an IT service company here in Lafayette, a locally owned company. Hunter, man, uh, how's it going? Good, man. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So uh, last time I had you on, dude, you are, you and... um, Reese Merriman uh, were were pioneering this uh, hot sauce, like curated hot sauce website. Um, before before uh, I, we go to into that, uh, kind of introduce yourself and kind of let everybody know who you are before we dive into kind of how you got to where you are. Sure. So um, Hunter Davis, I was uh, born and raised here. I uh, went to school here. I, uh, I left for college and, and went to LSU and came back. But um, yeah, as just a Lafayette guy, I, I'm really into entrepreneurship, really into to starting and building businesses. As you know, we, we had that conversation about Salsius. Uh, was that two years ago? Yeah, something, something like, like, that, like that. A year ago. Um, and kind of have always kind of been really passionate about Lafayette, have always been really passionate about technology. A big part of what Salsius was, was, uh, was technology. So um, sort of, a natural progression into that was was from our, my my previous experience in uh, in IT services, kind of taking that experience and moving it towards this this new small business operation that we have going on, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, well, cool. So yeah, guys, this is uh, Hunter, and am I saying your last name right? Thevis. It's Davis. Thavis. I mean, okay, it really doesn't matter. Okay, cool. Um, so the the sauciest website. It's funny to say saucy. Okay, so what what happened with sauciest and why? Obviously, you guys are not doing it anymore, correct? That's right. Um, and it was a very ambitious kind of uh, style of a website to curate hot sauces for people. So, what happened with that, and kind of what led into? And you kind of hinted already, but into the the IT services uh, company that you have now. Sure. Yeah. I'm, obviously there's, there's a huge gap. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a big gap in terms of opportunities, but um, so actually for, for those who might not know, so Salsius was a, it was a, an e-commerce application or platform that we built to aggregate some of the best sauce makers in the world. There's a bunch of small sauce makers, barbecue sauce, um, special ranch dipping sauce, hot sauce, all of those things. We took all of these really small, small batch um, custom sauce makers and we put them on an, on a platform and then built uh, an application or like an algorithm to ask you six questions, sort of like Stitch Fix does. It says, "Oh, are you keto? Are you uh, are you are you on some sort of diet? Do you like hot food? Do you what types of food do you eat? Chicken? Do you do you not eat meat at all?" <laughs> and so we we asked these six questions, and then we would match you with three sauces that you can either purchase one time or get on a subscription. And um, and like you said, it, it was a really ambitious goal that we had, and we did have a little bit of traction. We were, we were making revenue and all that, but the reason why that ended up kind of dying off is something we didn't recognize in the beginning of that uh, the exploration of that business was realizing how small the margins are on food products. 
especially oh, yeah you learn the hard way yeah so food products in in glass bottles shipping across the country so we started off we knew what our what our gross profit margin should be but once we got into the, the shipping and the receiving and broken bottles and returns we started to realize that yes this is a viable business and and there certainly could be legs to this thing maybe if we raise money or something like that but it got to be a point where the opportunity cost almost got outplayed by by this new venture with S1 Technology because at that time, I was still working for another IT service company. And at that, at that time, I started to recognize there was another opportunity here for us to take um, to, to take some of the maturity that I'd, I'd garnered from that, that IT services business and take that to, to the small businesses, the 10 employee to 50 to 150 employee businesses and be able to level them up. And so what it really became was just a fight for my time between um, this new business and, and Saucius. So for all intents and purposes, uh, Reese and I, uh, my co-founder for Saucius, we just ended up dissolving that and said, all right, and Reese is actually on my team for, the, for S1 Technology. So it, um, it ended up playing out well. I'm really glad that it wasn't something that, that we look back at and we're, we're upset about or we don't look fondly upon it because we learned so much, man. You can yeah. only imagine it's like, like, a, like a degree in e-commerce. And, uh, and business entrepreneurship. Yeah. And, you know, um, obviously you guys, like you said, you dissolved it. Um, Saucy's was a great idea in theory. Mm. Um, of course, there was some challenges, but um, ultimately you guys have to move on from that. And it, while it may seem like a, a failure to, in the sense, it was a stepping stone to your, your next. Exactly. Um, your, your next business, because uh, I, I think what a lot of people fail to realize playing off of failing here is that sometimes their business isn't going to make it. And it's hard. It's hard to believe that. It's hard to even think about that. Like uh, I love watching Shark Tank mm-hmm. and one of the most famous lines from Mr. Wonderful is you need to take this behind the barn and you need to shoot it. <laughs> That's right. And it's it's hard to it's hard to swallow, but sometimes you know you're 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 going to do something better mm-hmm. than what you're doing now. You just don't realize it because you're so clouded with or jaded rather of the 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 romance that this business that you you want to be successful just isn't going to be. Man, you bring up such an important point because I find that a lot of founders they do kind of put on those those rose tinted glasses. And they think they're going to change the world. And honestly, a lot of them, a lot of them do, but most of them don't. And so uh, a guy I really look up to, a mentor of mine, he says, there's, there's no, there's wins and losses and, and, and losses really are never really losses if there's learnings involved. Definitely. If, if you learn something, you can take something into your next venture or into your, it doesn't have to be in the, your other business. It could be, it could be your relationships or, or anything else. If you're learning something from an, an instance, that's not exactly how you wanted it to turn out, then that's a, that's a W, man. Yeah, yeah. I love that you said it, W. That seems to be the trendy thing to do. Yeah, you definitely don't want an L. No, you don't want an L. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so, um, you know, we, 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 we've kind of established that Saucy's is a thing of the past, and you're moving on to um, S1 technology. Oh, the, first of all, uh, real quick, got a comment. Um, Skip Boudreaux said Hunter is great. Uh, do you know Skip? I know Skip. Actually, yeah. I met I met Skip the other day, um, and I've I've been friends with uh, with Thomas Trahan from his team as well. Yeah, for a while now. But uh, Skip's a great guy. Actually, I sh- 
a quick story about Skip. The first time I met him this time, um, we were walking into an engagement party and everyone's wearing suits. It's a, it's a, a nice uh, engagement. And there's a guy walking in front of me and he's wearing shorts, I think flip-flops, uh, sunglasses with a bolo tie. Oh, God. And, and his wife is kind of giving him some flack. Like, I don't know why you wore that. You shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't wear that. Just take off the bolo tie. And he turns to me, he goes, you like the bolo tie? I like the bolo tie. And I was like, I love the bolo tie. Oh, that's that's so <laughs> skip. Like the way that, that demeanor. Yeah. Skip, if you're listening, kudos to the bolo tie. You <laughs> rocked it. Yeah. Um, okay. So S1 Technology, it's a an IT services company, but it's I, I don't want to like broad stroke it too much. I'm pretty sure there's some nuances that make you guys different than other IT companies. Um, according to what you provided me before we went live, that you're one of the S1 technology is one of the fastest growing IT companies. Correct. Am, am I getting that right? Mm -hmm. What, how do you, how do you know, like what metric are you using and why are you guys growing at the rate you're growing? Sure. So, um, I'm sure we'll revisit what S1 technology is and all those yeah, things. So yeah. I won't answer that now, but how you're measuring that is actually a pretty difficult thing to do. We're all private companies. There's, there's no public, um, there's no public company here in town, uh, here in Louisiana. That's, that's an IT services company. So no one's forced to track their metrics and show them out to everyone. But the way that we're tracking it and the way that we've been told it is all MSPs is, is a kind of technical term of IT service providers. They use a group of five to six vendors and it's like the platforms that they have tickets that they use that they do for remote connectivity or security. Every single one of our vendors, and we, we talk to kind of all of them, even the ones we don't do business with, they're like, you guys are growing at such a clip we've never seen before. You guys are adding seats and licenses in such a way where it's like, we thought we, we thought there was like a, an error in the reporting. <laughs> so um, so that's that's been really neat. And I think the second part of that question is why are we growing so quickly? So that, that kind of brings me to what S1 technology is and why we're different than those other IT companies. And it's probably what Skip would ask us. If you were to sit down, they, they invest in companies, they say, well, why, why do people do business with you guys? And the reason is um, IT companies, they're, they're built to fix your problems. If, you've, if your, your soundboard isn't working, if you're having difficulties with your email, they should be really good at responding to that issue and fixing it. What we do is kind of a three-sided approach, but we're extremely proactive. So let's say you've got a company like this, a company like Developing Lafayette, we are actively trying to remove problems from your purview before they even come up. Okay. We're, we're aware of things that might be coming up that, that might disrupt your podcast or might disrupt your, your, um, your publication. We're aware of those things before they even come up. So that's one side. But then what I really like to say, and this is kind of like the, the pie in the sky thing of, of how we explain it, is it's, it's really an experience, the S1 technology experience. And I use the analogy of like Disney. So Disney is, is not just roller coasters and it's not just um, it's not just churros and, and ice cream. It's the whole thing. Yeah. And you go to Disney for the whole experience. And that's kind of what we lean into at S1. The guys we hire are not like the dungeon dwelling IT guy <laughs> that's, that's like, hello, sorry, you called IT. Do you need something? We're trying to hire, like, for lack of better words, the cool IT guys okay. where they know what they're talking about and they're going above and beyond and saying, Hey, Ben, I see you're using the, this Outlook application and Teams. If you did these two things together, it would really enhance your workflow. And in the meantime, they're, they're just regular guys that are, that are talking like we are. Like I'd prefer to hire someone that has people skills yeah. as opposed to someone that's just the absolute best um, computer programmer you've ever seen. 
Okay, you know what? So I I love that, and I I appreciate you telling us a little bit about what makes you guys uh, a little bit different there. So I I had a thought pop into my head, and this seems to be a meme of sorts. And you might be able to uh, e- elaborate on the meme if it's true or not. There there might be some truth in it. Um, I I like to think that I have some IT blood in me. I, I know how to fix applications. I can learn an application pretty quickly um, because there's some general architecture that seems to be kind of um, similar across the board. Um, but it there's a there's a there's a meme in IT that basically all an IT guy is, or a programmer, or anybody in computer technology uh, industry is. We're just professional Googlers. And I know that I don't want to, I don't want to downplay a professional job, but these are professionals stating that like, uh, YouTube and TikTok, they'll, they'll have it guys that I follow and they're like, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, a lot of people think that we're super smart and that we know exactly what we're doing. I'll tell you what we are doing is we're like taking your, uh, your record, your, uh, request and we're going straight to Google. Like, how do I fix this? And like, we just know how to Google better than you. That's the thing. And so what, what is that? Is that, is there some truth to that or, uh, is there a little bit more to it there? So there is truth to that. So, um, <laughs> and, and you're right in saying, so let's kind of break it out across like application developers, programmers, and then typical it people, both are using Google. But what I'll say is that's something that actually, whenever we built S1 to begin with, we knew that you, right, you break your, your business out across, we've got a bunch of different customers in different industries using different applications. And so you can't always Google those, those problems. And to avoid our guys having a, our engineers having a Google at all, we've built this, this knowledge repository, just like a, um, like a study guide, essentially, where every single one of our customers is listed out and the, the problems that they typically come into, you can search any problem. So developing Lafayette calls in, we know he uses um, Outlook, he uses this recording application, he has iPads, we, we have all these things perfectly documented so that whenever you call in, we can resolve your ticket within minutes, as opposed to having a, to Google something, say, oh, I'll get back to you in two hours and, and get it resolved. And so the, the ticket is to kind of arm those guys with everything that Google knows just right off the bat. So, okay. um, so really, actually, I, I don't think our guys really hardly Google anything because we've kind of built such good knowledge base articles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... That is that is true though. I'm not I'm not dodging. I, I'm, obviously, obviously you're not dodging. You're not you're not pulling a politician move on me. Um, that that's a great answer because uh, you guys are not just relying on other people's like I guess solutions straight through Google. You you guys are applying your own solutions within the company based on each customer's needs, which I think that's great. And I'm pretty sure anybody who's a professional IT company has some sort of built out way to help their customers more efficiently. Um, But we're not talking about them. We got you guys here. So like what is some of the, I guess, most common problems across the board that you see and it may be a super easy problem it may be like a super hard problem but what is one of those things i guess in, in the study guide that you find across the board that customers have issues with sure so i'd say i'd say it totally depends on the customer and i'm trying to i'm trying to draw a broad stroke across all of them 
Um, we do see, I'd say issues with Outlook, probably the most like add-ins and Outlook. Yeah, freaking Microsoft. Yeah, and so they'll they'll run a new a new update on on Outlook, and then we've got a, a physician in Anchorage, and he's trying to use the dictation software so that he can speak his his notes to text as opposed to typing them. And the the add-in in Outlook that he uses to email them to his his EMR system is an electronic medical record system. Right. Is giving him trouble, and so every single Outlook add-in or like Microsoft add-in, uh, they all get kind of disrupted whenever updates happen. And so we're trying to be proactive on that front. But um, but I guess to to bring it out to twenty thousand feet, the problem that I always see before we pick up customers is people are not using their applications to the fullest. You might have like the I'm talking about Microsoft still the Microsoft three sixty five suite where you've got Outlook and you've got Teams and you guys are using Teams for meetings and all of this. But a lot of people don't realize that there's Planner in there as well. There's SharePoint in there as well. There's OneDrive and all of these things that can that can avoid. Uh, I'll use a CPA example for you, as opposed to you having to export your your data from QuickBooks, put it on a flash drive, drive it across town. We could set things up in such a way where the export happens directly to a OneDrive file, which is shared directly with your your CPA, and that drive never has to happen. Right. And so little efficiencies that are, are missing in small businesses that really are kind of the name of the game whenever it comes to scale. To take your business from 15 employees to 25 employees or take your business from two locations to 10 locations, standardization is the name of the game and automation is the name of the game. And so we try, we spend a lot of time on those things. Dude. It with the invention of shared files, um, that has been the best thing. I mean, I've been using Dropbox since like 2009, maybe even 2008, but definitely 2009. And uh, I remember being at a company in Lake Charles, a graphic design company, a sign shop, and I was using Dropbox. And uh, the other designer was like, "What are you using?" I'm mm-hmm. like, "Dude, it's called Dropbox. They give you like two gigs for free." And I remember being so excited about it because I was like, I can pull it up on, like, I don't even think I had my, an iPhone yet. Um, or I might have just gotten one. It was like 2011 I got my first iPhone and Dropbox had an app. And, like, I can pull up all of my files on my phone and, like, look at anything I needed on my phone as well. Like, it felt like my it felt like my hard drive was like always with me, which was amazing. And OneDrive, obviously the very similar right, right, right. program. Same with SharePoint. So Share OneDrive is like your personal cloud storage. And then SharePoint is broken out. You've got you can have taxonomy of files and you can have accounting files and you can have sales files and you can have operations files and have access to only certain things. Only certain people need access to certain things. And there's so much you can do with these tools that you're already paying for and it's 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 almost disheartening to me that a lot of companies are not fully utilizing those things because it can make their lives so much easier and yeah. so much better. Yeah. Well, uh, before we go too far, I want to uh, get to my sponsors, which we uh, really appreciate. Support for the podcast is brought to you by the Music Academy of Acadiana. Acadiana's top choice for music lessons in piano, guitar, voice, drums, violin, saxophone, flute, audio production, and more. They teach students of all ages and styles. They have sent students to college to compete in major music competitions and have also premiered on major TV music contests like American Idol and The Voice. They are founded by Tim Benson, who is a University of Louisiana at Lafayette Music School graduate. 
The Academy has been voted as a top finalist in the best music school by readers of the Times of Acadiana since 2016, and they have won the National Music School of the Year Award in 2014. Their goal is to make music lessons fun, educational, and to help foster the next generation of musicians and creative thinkers. You can find out more at their website at www.musicacademyacadiana.com. You can also check out their Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more information. Our tech sponsor, The Orchard, is Acadiana's only Apple-authorized service provider. They provide services for Apple products, whether it be a broken screen or if you need help trying to figure out an app, The Orchard has your back. They helped us by giving us an iPad to continue running our show since our show is dependent on Apple products. So with that, check out their stores. They got two locations in Acadiana, one next to Buffalo Wild Wings off of Ambassador in Lafayette, and at their new location in Karen Crow next to Super One Foods. You can check them out at theorchardstores.com or in person to make sure that all of your Apple products are taken care of and up and running and working as they should. Hunter, I had a another thought that popped into my head when we were talking about uh, applications and you know sometimes you need help using them. Recently, there was a a post that I saw that kind of made me giggle and it's regarding um, uh, Windows 11 mm-hmm. and apparently there was an update that happened and uh, you know there's always issues whenever there's big updates and it's typically around Microsoft's Windows updates that there were even Microsoft employees that were not able to update their operating system to mm-hmm. Windows 11 and their Microsoft employees. Like, what is the deal with that? Like, do they need to call S1 <laughs> Maybe. So um, we actually had this in, in the office. And so um, not every Windows 10 machine can, can upgrade to Windows 11, but something called a TPM chip. And I might be misspeaking there, but it's a certain chip on the motherboard. We've got to have a certain protocol on the motherboard so that you can, you can upgrade. And so they might've just had older workstations that didn't have the, uh, the proper, Hardware to not a good look. Not a good not look, a Microsoft. Good look. Oh man, let <laughs> me get that solved. Oh god, yeah. So, um, what is some of the? Is there any horror stories in your industry, or maybe that your company has faced that? Uh, if you feel comfortable, sure. talking about what is something that's like made you guys cringe? That could be whether you guys locally or, you know, in the industry. What is something like that? Man, I'm I'm glad you asked that question because S1, I didn't even say this, but S1 stands for security first. And so a big part of what we do, what we focus on for our customers is making them hard targets. Like the, I like to use the analogy again, like the, you don't want to be the low hanging fruit. You don't want to be the unlocked car in the target parking lot of your business. (laughs) And so a, a big part of what we do whenever we take on clients is fortify their position, make sure that they are a hard target. There's no silver bullet. If, if somebody in Ukraine wants to take you down, they're going to take you down. But um, we really want to make sure that, that that's not really something that the business owner has to think about, that the day-to-day employees don't have to think about. But um, to answer your question, we actually had this the other day. We take care of a, a large mortgage company in Houston. And something that we've been seeing a lot lately is uh, what we call a kind of like man-in-the-middle man attacks. And so this is a cybersecurity trick, and, and the broader term for it is business email compromise. 
but the bad guys will essentially do um, get into um, someone's email account. And the way to avoid this before I even get into this is multi-factor authentication. Okay. If anyone takes anything else away from this, multi-factor authentication most often is free. Turn it on. It's kind of a pain in the butt sometimes. Oh, it's a pain in the butt. Turn it on. Um, so our customer was interacting with a title company. And our customer is fortified. They're set up properly, multi-factor authentication, the whole nine yards. But this title company did not have this on. And they had their email compromised. And so what they did is they performed some reconnaissance in determining who was who they were dealing with with our mortgage company they were taking care of. And essentially, they were able to act as the buyer of a home and send an email to both the title company, an, a legit title company email, and a legit um, mortgage company email, and send that email to them and then respond back from the title company's email. And are you following? Is, yeah, is like it's kind of wild. Okay, so they responded back with the title company and said, hey, Joe Bob, home buyer, we know you're going to bring that check to the, to the closing today. But things have been expedited. With rates going where they are, we really need you to wire that that down payment oh. to this account number and this routing number. And so um, we got to perform reconnaissance on this. And, and luckily, our, our customer wasn't touched. They weren't harmed, anything like that. But seeing the recon or like watching the postmortem of this play out, they lit that, that young guy, he's probably a 25-year-old guy, dropped his 20% down payment to some guy in, in Kazakhstan or something. And, and that money, some of it was recovered, but, but most of it wasn't. And it talking about horror stories, man, like that's, you save up for a long time to put a down payment on a house just to have it sent to, to some bad guy overseas. That is wild. Yeah. That's, that's horror for you. Yeah. And to not even realize like to, I guess, essentially, um, spoof an email. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. kind of what it is. And to play as your title, uh, the title company that you're using, I mean, that, I'll, I'll give it to them. That's creative and oh, it's, s- smart. It's incredibly impressive. And a lot, a lot of people really underestimate the bad guys in terms of what they do. They, they think, oh, well, they're going to send me some email in broken English and they won't really understand the circumstances, the nuance of the conversation where we're at. They get it, dude. Yeah. Like they're really, really good. And it's, it's frightening. And so something we do to combat that is, um, and actually the reason why we found this to begin with is because we train all of them, all, all of the, the end users that S1 technology supports, we do phishing simulations and, and end user security awareness training. So at some point, um, someone that had been CC'd on this thread looked at it and is, well, something <laughs> is not right here. And so actually they, they were the ones that ended up alerting the, um, the, the title company and the buyer that, Hey, something is wacky here. We, we, we smelled it. And so that, cause really most email attack or most security attacks come in via email. Yeah. And so, the weakest link in that is is you and I is is the people that are that are answering that. So if you can start to sniff out the things that are known as malicious, you can get a lot sharper. Dude, I'm telling you, uh, this is. I didn't even realize that the conversation was gonna go this way because I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be pretty simple, straightforward. Talk about IT and oh, we fix your email. We 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 help you close out an application. No, so so cybersecurity is a big deal. Um, I get so many emails every day of what looks like Capital One or what looks like PayPal, and the the emails are convincing to make me think like, okay, so for example, uh, PayPal would be like this this PayPal email address email address. I open it because mm-hmm. I'm I'm investigating. I want to see, and sometimes I'm scared to open them. Sometimes the subject line, good, 
sometimes the subject line looks legit. So I'm like, God. So sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to open it. But if I, if I snip out something real quick, I'm just going to bounce real fast. Um, but it looks like I opened this email. It looks legit. It looks like Apple. I mean, not Apple PayPal it has the logo. It has even the footer information has all of the address. I said, this looks legit. And the email is telling me your account is going to be locked in 24 hours. If you do not update this particular portion in this mm-hmm. form, I'm like, um, I don't want my account to be locked. I got some money in there that I need to move. <laughs> right. And so I get a little curious. So me just kind of before I make a move that way, before I get too quick and act like someone who's out of touch with technology and hurry up and give them my information, mm-hmm. I go to my PayPal app. I'm like, let's see what my PayPal app does. I open up my PayPal app. Everything seems normal. I, I, I see my money in there. I'm able to hit the uh, move or withdraw money. I'm like, it doesn't seem like my account's locked. So I'm going, so I just, I said, you know what? I'm going to delete the email. I'm just delete it. And if it's a real issue, if PayPal is really trying to get in touch with me, then it'll email me back again. And it hardly ever happens. But every day I feel like there's a new, a new email that comes in. that's really trying to fish and, Sometimes even the, the subject line will have a, a defect mm-hmm. or I'll look at the email address and it usually it'll say like admin at, and I'll look at the, 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 the domain. If mm-hmm. the domain has like a, a period or if it has a dash where it shouldn't have a dash, I'm like, oh, delete. Good delete. for you. Like, I'm, I'm very, honestly, you'd be so surprised how few people sort of have that, that acumen, like the, the awareness to, to know those things. And obviously we try to make our employee, our, our customers really, really good at that. But most people aren't. And you're kind of talking about where you might get an email and one letter is, is out of out of whack. Sometimes you can't even notice that because they'll make like a Unicode change on the back end where an I is actually an I, but on the back end it doesn't it doesn't report as an I, but you see it as an I. So it's if it's um, oh, developing yeah. Lafayette, like the I might be a Unicode different I. Um, there's a whole lot of different things they can do. But um but even even like uh like in your world, like in Twitter and, and Facebook and all these things. We see this all the time and, and we don't, we don't kind of deal in the residential space, but people do call us and let us know about these things because they know us on technology. They see the, the videos and all that. But, um, but something that we heard just recently is someone called in and their Twitter had been hacked. And so they, they had a few thousand people on Twitter and they got a text message that looked super legit. Like I saw the screenshot, it looked legitimate. And it said, um, it said, Hey, we've, we've noticed some suspicious activity on your account please click this link and, and log in. So what ended up happening is the bad guys sort of did like a, like a fake uh, splash page to, mm-hmm. to put in your credentials. And it said, he got a second email. It says, you're going to get a text code, like a, a six digit text code. Send us that so we can verify that it's you. The whole time it was the same bad guys that set up that splash page that set up those text messages that sounded and looked exactly like Twitter. And they logged into his account, changed the two factor code. So he couldn't log back in. And so he had, it was a whole rigmarole to get through with Twitter to, to get his account back. But it's happening everywhere, man. Like you have to get really, really sharp. It, and, it's, and it's hard to keep up mm. because some, sometimes there's things that change the way the, the strategies behind them trying to fish your accounts mm-hmm. gets really creative and misleading. And like you, if you don't, like you said, if you don't have the eye for that, like you can get caught real quick. Um, a lot of what I'm hearing now is people's Facebook pages 
getting hacked. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's, you know, somebody let their account logged in and somebody goes behind them and plays. Hey, right. we hacked this right. account. <laughs> um, that's all fun and games. But there are people who truly lose access to their account. And like there's there's one company in particular that I'm I'm thinking about. And I'm not going to mention them, but they had over 20,000 followers locally mm-hmm. like on Facebook. And I, I wrote about them and I tagged this Facebook page that was their Facebook page and it had the most followers. I'm like, oh, this is their Facebook page. No, no uh, fake Facebook page should have 20,000 followers locally. Mm-hmm. So I tagged it and then this company reached out and said, hey, uh, just want to let you know that that Facebook page is no longer ours. We lost access to it for whatever reason. And I don't, I don't want to say that it was a disgruntled employee. They didn't say that, mm-hmm. but I'm having, I have a feeling that maybe it got hacked. Yeah. And like they just they said they're not able to get it back, and a lot of people struggle with Facebook because Facebook is hard to work with. First of all, trying to get in touch with somebody at Facebook to talk to oh, it's you, impossible. good they luck. They don't even have like a like a, a people facing service desk. Yeah, you can't call someone and talk to someone at Facebook. You can't. You do can it. put on a six month queue, and they'll call you back in six months. Yeah, like even to like um, whenever I was first starting developing my yeah, I was like, oh, I want the blue check mark. How do I get the blue <laughs> check mark? Well, you could file and like request it. But you might not get it. And then uh, they ultimately did away with that. And it takes forever. And what's a, what's really sad is sometimes when people lose their account, they, it's gone forever. I'm like, mm. that sucks. Even if you for, like if you forget your password, like like forget it like hard and like there's no way you've tried recovering it and there's no way to get it. Like good luck getting access to that account. Man, to, to bring it back to, to the world that I live in and like the business world. So you probably heard of ransomware a bunch. And so oh, yeah. you, t- you saying that like the giving up part, I've seen that happen before. Luckily not with our customers um, in, in other situations where I've, I've kind of either been a party to gotten to see or, or done recon or postmortem on, but let's say a company gets uh, a 50 person company gets hit by ransomware and they don't have backups, which is one of the first things we do is, is put air gap backups, make them cloud redundant and make sure that you have a place to roll back to if anything ever does happen, God forbid. Yeah. Um, and if we're doing our jobs, that shouldn't happen. But um, what what I've seen happen before, and again, not with S1, but is, uh, is they get hit by ransomware, no backups, and their their business applications are, are encrypted. The files they need to do their jobs or write quotes or, or perform their jobs, <laughs> encrypted. And this, this company out of Russia wants, this bad guy organization, wants a million dollars for the decryption key to get you back up and running. And... You either maybe don't have a million dollars. You don't have an insurance policy to, to write that. I've literally seen companies have to just close down, like shut down shop. No. They can't get their stuff back. They don't have the cash flow to, to be able to pay for this thing. And um, it's it's really sad to see. And a lot of people think that they're too small for, to, to see those sorts of things. But the the example that I'm talking about, that was like a that was like a 15-person company. And the the ransom wasn't a million dollars. I think it was something like fifty grand. It's still a lot. Still a lot of money. Still like like really derail your operation, and um, and yeah, they just they ended up closing the door. I think they opened opened back up, but it was devastating, man. And they just had to give up. Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned ransomware. I was going to bring that up uh, earlier. Um, so I know a company locally that got hit with ransomware, and. The way it happened through email, mm-hmm. the email came through and, and I get this a lot in my personal email. It, it looked like a shipping notification. 
hey, your package is shipped or your package is uh, on its way or your package has arrived. Mm -hmm. And if you're a business that ships or receives packages a lot, you might be quick to open that that email because it looks and it's disguised as a UPS or FedEx or DHL email, like easy. Well, at this one company, an employee thought that there was a shipment that was coming and they opened up the email and they clicked what they thought was the tracking number link. And it was not, and they hurry up and got out of it, but it was too late. Like ransomware and, and, it was, what's bad is this was the second time this has had, had happened to this company. It's very common. Yeah. And so um, it, it just, it, it, it stops a lot. Like it even affected certain parts of the company that I was a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, dude, this, this is bad. Like what's going to happen? And uh, it took about a week. But yeah, it ultimately got resolved. I don't know how it got resolved. I don't know if there was backups that were made mm-hmm. that was retrieved or if, if the, if the company had to like pay up or, or if they get legal involved, I don't know, but it, it, it was a tough situation. Even this one company had like a, a time dealing with it and they're pretty savvy, mm-hmm. man. You say those things and it's like, and that happens far more than most people realize, even in Lafayette, they think that, Oh, we're just a bunch of small businesses here and then nothing really to worry about. Even big businesses, they don't worry about it enough. But what I hear there is, it's something that can be avoided. I'm sure there, there are people that either own businesses or work in businesses and, and wonder like, oh, how can I protect myself? And what we do for our customers is in that fortified position, we kind of take a layered approach. So in that, we have email security, that anything that has that looks and feels and smells like something malicious gets blocked. You can't even see it. And then two, we do this, the phishing simulations and training. So you know what to click on yeah. if something does slip through. But then beyond that, on your workstation, we've got malware protection and ransomware protection. And we've got the ability to, to take that device and segregate it from the rest of the network <laughs> if if we do notice something is going awry. And then beyond that, we've got firewalls that that um, that prevent bad guys from, from intruding your network. And then beyond that, we've got the backups. And beyond that, we've got two-factor authentication. And you've really got to have all of these different layers of security measures to make yourself a hard target. Otherwise, like you're kind of a sitting duck. And there are a lot of businesses out there that are sitting ducks and just think it won't happen to them. Yeah, man. Like you don't want to be a sitting duck, and a lot of us are. It's so sad. Um, so, kind of changing a little bit here on the direction. Um, one of the things I noticed recently, as far as financial goes, is um, I think you're familiar with debit cards having the little um, chip on them. Well, I, I saw a an article, I guess, where uh, or a headline rather, that the magnetic strip on the back of the uh, debit and credit cards are getting removed. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal with um, gas pumps. So like gas pumps, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the attempt to um, place a, I forget what they're called. But a skimmer? Yes, yeah, skimmers. Mm-hmm. And you, they're placed over the, the existing, what looks to be the exact same credit card reader, but it's just like hovering over it. Right. And... I, essentially that magnetic strip would, would, would get read twice Correct. through there, through the skimmer and then through the actual uh, gas pump. And now removing that magnetic strip seems like it's going to be a move in the right direction to ultimately get rid of skimming altogether. Is there that you know of another way around for people to capture your data through that chip? Or is it, are we 
removing the magnetic strip. Uh, this might be above. No, 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 it's not. So, I mean, and that's the kind of the thing about, about IT and cybersecurity, especially dealing with small businesses. We've got customers that their whole business is, is done with credit yeah. card transactions. We've got customers that only do ACH payments or only take things via check. So we kind of have to be up to speed on, on a lot of the way that small business operates. Um, but to answer that question, how do you fix that? So that is a, is a really good way. Obviously, re removing the magnetic strip. You have a lot of like late adopters that will struggle. And like, oh, I got to buy a new point of sale system for this. Mm -hmm. or, or gas pumps, not wanting to, to replace their, their deals because it's expensive. But um, but even still, they the, the bad guys will always innovate. And so you've probably heard of like RFID scanning. You've got certain wallets that block RFID scanning so they can't um, use the, the chip reader on your card. Um, so that's that's prevalent now. It's it's a bit more expensive than card skimmers, so you don't see it as much. But if you go to like festival tonight, I mean, there's most likely a chance that, that someone's not trying to RFID scan you, but they could. And the festival is full of RFID bracelets. 100%. Oh, God. With, with like $100 on them. And I yeah. don't know how that how the, how the yeah. monies transact on that backside. But for my, like, the way that I conduct myself and my wife as well is we use pretty much exclusively Apple Pay. Mm -hmm. And so, which is two-factor authentication with your face or your your code. Yep. And then you scan it on the point-of-sale system. I almost don't shop at places that don't have Apple Pay. Yeah, and dude, and Apple Pay too. They So the information that is transacted through the internet is not your actual credit card information. It's a mm -hmm. token. Correct. That is used and it's, I believe it's a, it's, it's an always infinitely changing token. So it's never one single. So like, for example, if Target, for example, uh, has another breach, which I think they did a couple of years back. They did. And they had to have all new debit cards released for everybody. Uh, and I was one of those people. Oh. Uh, thankfully, I didn't see anything weird with my account, but I had a new debit card sent to me. But I use Apple Pay as much as I can. If I can, if I can use it, I use it. Because it's, it's, it's really quick and I yeah. love it. And I'm like, you know what? I want to use it. And you look cool when you do it. Like, oh, I, look, look, I felt cool doing it at first. Like I was like at McDonald's when McDonald's had first adopted it and they were one of the first. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Watch this, bud. And I like, actually, I didn't even have face ID at the time. It was just like my fingerprint and I would hold my finger and I'd go scan it. It was like immediate. I'm like, that was cool, right? And now it's just, I expect it. Mm -hmm. Like this is how I pay. Like boom, hover over and it's done super quick. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. Uh, I, I wish more companies would have uh, the ability to use Apple Pay and all these new forms of not using your actual credit card number. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, good, good, good point to make with the Apple Pay. And it's weird that well, Walmart you can't use Apple Pay at Walmart. Oh really? You knew that? No, I didn't. Know. No, no. Walmart was like, oh no, we're gonna make our own pay sure. system. <laughs> That's right. So like, but I still don't. I I use it, but I'm still not 100 percent trusting of it because on the Walmart app, you have to put in your credit card number. Mm -hmm. You have to program your card in the Walmart app and then Walmart pay. Mm -hmm. Everybody's using their, their company right. name with the word pay. Yeah. We're, a, we're a finance app now. Yeah, Walmart finance, exactly. Right. And so it's Walmart pay. You basically, what you go, what you do is you go and it's, you get to the register. Most people use self-checkout and you, you open up the Walmart app. You have to open up the app. Then you have to hit services then you have to hit walmart pay it's like there's like there's a little bit of friction there and then it opens up a qr code reader and the qr code is on the screen on every register you scan it and the register says oh welcome back ben mm -hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> like doing it in my my robotic voice there and then are the 
self checkout place. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. um, so and it recognizes me, and I'm like, this is cool, but I'm still like my on the Walmart app in the Walmart system. My card information is in there. Now, I guess you could say the same thing with Apple. My credit card is in Apple's base database somewhere. Sure, and but. it's I think um, a lot of those transactions are backed by Goldman Sachs. Like I have the the Apple card, and that's that's actually I think it's it's essentially just a Goldman Sachs card with Apple branding on it. But um, but Apple is I'll give Apple a lot of credit where it's due. They've done a lot in terms of security. Even on if you've looked at Facebook's earnings, a lot of of the reason why they're missing earnings is because of the uh, cross tracking across mm-hmm. applications, which is they're they're an advertising uh, company. That's how Facebook makes money. Yeah. And so if they can't track where Ben shops and if he buys Mrs. Meyer's soap or Dial, then <laughs> and they can't they can't target ads to you as as easily. And so small businesses that are advertising on there aren't getting as much um, as much lead. I mean, as many leads from it or aren't converting as much. And so Facebook is like sliding down as a result. And so I think I think that's probably what pushed up the big meta transition so quickly. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, they got to do something different. Um, I when it comes to like those apps asking me if I want to uh, allow tracking or not, I guess I'm I think with Facebook, I did allow it because I use Facebook for my company. I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me, essentially. So I allowed it. But like all the other apps, I'm like, eh, you don't need to track me. Like, no, just not going to do it. Um, but yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, okay, so we are at about 40, yeah, 46 minutes, almost 47 minutes here. It flew by. Um, is there... Any, is there like two or three tips? Like if you could give somebody sitting at their house worrying about their um, cybersecurity or their technology, or maybe it's commercially, um, if, if there's three things that people could take away, right, listening from you to do to protect themselves immediately that they can do, mm-hmm. what, what two or three things would that be? Um. Yeah, so one, we talk about two-factor authentication. That's huge. Facebook, Google, um, Twitter, everything you log into, your bank, make sure the two-factor authentication is turned on everywhere. And that's just like table stakes. That should be happening regardless. Um, second is have different passwords for everything. God, I'm, I'm guilty of not. I have one password for almost everything. And make sure they're complex. I'm, I'm talking like nine characters, uppercase, lowercase symbols. I'm seeing your face. I don't know if you do. But so there's an application called LastPass. There's another one called Bitwarden. And yeah. it's like, I don't know, a dollar a month or something like that. And it, it'll create those passwords for you. And it'll save them for you. And you can use them to autofill on your phone or your computer. So there's no, there's no, there's no excuse. <laughs> so use different passwords for everything. And the last thing is, um, I've got a, I've got a lot of um, family members or friends that are that are older that are not technically as savvy, and they're comfortable with me saying that. But um, if there's something you get in your inbox or something you get a text message of that seems too good to be true, or something seems a little bit weird, just delete it. If someone needs to get yeah. in touch with you, they'll call you. And I guess a fourth tip is if something is like that, and you have the ability to pick up the phone and verify a transaction, if one of your employees says, "Hey, I'm changing bank account numbers," talk to them on the phone. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't need to just take the email as word because that could be somebody in, in Russia. Trying so, to um, fish, yeah. yeah so there's, there's four tips for you. So there you, you go, guys man. are all safer now. Dude, so talking about passwords, oh, my God. Like, every time I enter my password somewhere, I'm like, why do I have the same password here and there and and and, and that? And so I have like some some places have different passwords, but for, for the for the record, Ben's changed all these passwords by now, bad guys. Yeah, yeah, he's changed sure. Them all. They're all different. Absolutely. They're all very difficult. Absolutely. 
awkward silence. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Um, I should I should probably look into uh, better protecting myself. We all could, to be honest. Yeah, all of us could. Wild man, uh, make me think here. And and LastPass, you said LastPass. I, I'm glad you mentioned. It. I think I tried downloading LastPass uh, one time, and this was probably like what six something years ago, mm-hmm. maybe maybe seven. And it wasn't quite what I thought it was because I'm used to Apple. Apple is it's like fully great. Now. Oh, it's it's fully integrated. It, so, so LastPass is. So let's say let's say you want to log into your bank account. Yeah. You can you can go to click on just in the app. Like go to enter your credentials and yeah. LastPass will be prompted. It'll either ask for iCloud keychain or LastPass. Okay, and so you can just populate. It. There's no excuse, Ben. <laughs> no you can excuse. Do it. You can have the best and cleanest password history you've ever had. Yes, I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm excited now. I because I I I never used it after that because it wasn't as integrated as uh, the the keychain the mm-hmm. iCloud keychain was, and so. Um, I was, I'm, I'm just so spoiled with having log into my account and the password just be like, Boop, there it and, is. And it could do that. Yeah. And dude, your face, this is literally why we do what we do because uh, it, it seems like really lame and really like, Oh, it's just, it gets in my way. But there's so many things you can do to like make your life easier. Make yeah, your life That's better, what it's about. Grow yeah. your business. And like, that's what we're trying to bring to people and let people kind of get a taste of is that's what it's, that's what's possible. Yeah. Cool, man. Hunter. Uh, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the conversation today. Uh, a lot of good advice. And if you guys are wanting to check out, um, S one technology, I'm gonna pull up the website for you here. So their website is literally the letter S the number one technology.com. So S one technology.com. And when you pull it up, you'll see their logo looks like a, a stack of squares essentially uh, with S1 and then technology and it's uh, blue and like different shades of blue with the gradient. And so you can just learn a little bit about them. There'll be a pop-up that pops up saying, Hey, you know, contact us or call us or email us for more information. And then they got some client feedback. Um, is this legit client feedback? Yeah. So we, we didn't talk about any of this, but like we track net promoter score and customer satisfaction. Like that is the number one metric we track because we're an IT company, but I, I tell everyone we're in the customer service business. Okay. I want someone that's having a bad day to be able to smile whenever they get off the phone with IT. And so yeah, those are all, those are all actual um, responses. That's, that's We've what, got a hundred percent customer awesome. satisfaction rating. Yeah. And I see a lot of them mentioned S one in the, um, the, 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 the feedback. So, that's yeah, so there's an API that goes directly to our, our reporting system that pulls those directly to the website. Awesome. And so you can look up uh, services here. You can look up uh, more information about them. And, yeah, so if you're interested in uh, doing better with your IT solutions, uh, definitely give Hunter or Reese or any other of their uh, mem- <laughs> business members. I had a, an about, I think they about had all you guys. So, yeah, there's the CEO, Jeremy Roth. You got Hunter Thevis, who's the COO. And then we got... Damien, is that Hoye? Oh, you should know Oye. You're from here. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. look, I butcher last names. I'm famous for it. CTO. Then you got Reese Merriman. So great group of guys there. And, and then we've got uh, we've got four really talented engineers that uh, those are the guys that are answering the calls, uh, helping you get things done and fix problems. Sweet. So how how many people um, are you guys all together? There's eight of us. Eight. All yeah. Awesome. And we're only we're only a year old, so we've got very aggressive growth targets. Yeah. So next yeah. time we talk, maybe we'll have thirty. That's cool, man. Look, um. 
like I said, I, I appreciate you guys uh, coming on and uh, talking about what seems to be like a lame subject. It's not. And I think those that did watch uh, probably got something good out of it. And I am, I did. I, I'm going to download LastPass now. And there you go. And two-factor authentication. Yeah, Ooh. look, I definitely take care of that. Like, I... I'm a big fan of two factor. Uh, I have the Google auth uh, app. I have another one, uh, Authy or Authorize. It's mm-hmm. like it's a red icon. Yep. Um, anytime I can use that, it just uh, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside, knowing that I can copy this unique, uniquely generated code that's constantly being generated and log into an account that I, I feel like I'm I'm pretty safe in. Dude, you're good. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, uh, Hunter. Thank you again for uh, coming on. And, um, of course, yeah, check out our sponsors, the Music Academy of Acadiana, the Orchard. And if you want to sponsor us, you know how to get in touch with us. So there's no excuse. Uh, again, Hunter, um, thank you. And I uh, hope you have a great Friday. It's festival uh, weekend. It's going to be crazy out there. And I don't know if you're going, but uh, you know, take it easy. I'll be there. Awesome. Thanks, Dad. Cool. Well, that's it, guys. We'll see you on the next one.